in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute privilege and pleasure to search the world for amazing artists from the world of contemporary Christian music and worship and to bring to you uh, their stories and their tracks. And I tell you what, I am genuinely really excited about this episode. We are going gospel and I am talking really beautiful, wonderful gospel. And in a moment, we're going to meet the wonderful Beverly Crawford. But before we do, let's hear her first track. And this is Lion of Judah. And that was Lion of Judah by Beverly Crawford. Hey, Beverly, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's our honour and pleasure. I'm so pleased that you are here. And uh, you know what? I, I have spent a good chunk of my weekend listening to your music. Wow. It's, I'm going to be honest, gospel is not a genre that I spend a lot of time listening to. So mm-hmm. respectfully, you have actually educated me a lot in how much fun it is. <laughs> I, have, I have really enjoyed it. I tell you what. Uh, so I'm, I've been learning over the last year about jazz, okay, because mm-hmm. I didn't know much about jazz before, but my son turns right. out he's a jazz musician, so I've had wow. to learn a bit about this. And uh, and I tell you what, the music in gospel is astounding. It's really yeah. exciting to listen to. I was like, Definitely. man, there is so much going on in that. It's, it's fantastic lyrics, really powerful mm-hmm. stuff, and the music behind it, I'm going, they are really talented. This is this is something else, and the, and there's so much excitement coming through as well as truth, which is which yeah. is great. But I'm guessing quite a lot of our listeners won't have heard of you before. Respectfully, I, I'm mm. I'm glad right. to be able to bring you on the show so that people can find out about Bubbly Crawford. Could you tell us really your life history from as soon as you want to start, as little as you go back, you know, and tell us how did you become a Christian? How did music become part of your life? Tell us the ups and, and lows and all the rest of it. It'd be great to hear from you. Oh, man. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me. And it is an honor. I know when you talk about um, learning about uh, gospel music, a lot of people, they hear they hear a little jazz in there. They hear a little rock and roll. So I tell them all the time when, they, when the sound man is getting ready to find out how to set my um, microphone or the uh, the, the, the speakers uh, and everything. I tell them, just think that I'm uh, Mick Jagger on the <laughs> stage because I got that little wild gospel in me, a little <laughs> excitement. And so they know exactly where to put that, um, the, the, the right numbers and give me the right sound, you know, so I can have it because I'm loud. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the things, gospel music has something in common with heavy metal, which I hadn't expected. Yes. You guys can really holler. I mean, you can go <laughs> for it. So, yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. Yeah. Really great. Carry and, on. Sorry. Yes, that's okay. And so um, I'm, I'm a, we call it a PK. I'm a pastor's kid. I was yeah. brought up. My father was a pastor, uh, Bishop Walter Camps in um, Gainesville, Florida. 
Uh, we're close to Jacksonville, Florida. Most people know Jacksonville. Most people know Orlando. Um, Gainesville sits right in the middle, uh, University of Florida, where the Gators are. So most people know the Gators. Most people know University of Florida because yeah. people come from all over the world to go to the school be, uh, because it's a medical school, too. So a lot of people are going to the to learn to be a doctor or anything in the medical field. And um, uh, so Gainesville is known for the University of Florida. And I, I've been raised here all my life uh, from a little girl. I remember singing um, at the age of three. And they said, how do you remember singing at the age of three? Because my mom told me we lived out in the country. And um, I don't know if you ever heard of a clothesline where they used to hang your clothes in the wash them and hang them up. I yeah. know what you mean. <laughs> we have those. <laughs> <laughs> so. My mom would be out there hanging up the clothes and every time she hang up the clothes, I'd be out there helping her. And she said, I would just be singing and singing. And she said, my little voice would carry through the uh, community. And, a, and an older lady that lived across the street, she had a farm. Her name was Miss Gillen. And Miss Gillen would come out Every day when we would be out there hanging the, the clothes, she would she would come out and say, is little Bev going to sing today? Because she wanted to hear me sing. And uh, I would be out there just singing and singing and singing. And so I remember that. And I asked my mom one day, how old was I when I started doing that? She said, you were three years old and you would come out there every day with me and help me with the clothes and you would sing. And it just became a part of your routine. I've got to ask, I've got to ask a couple of questions. Firstly, what, what songs were you singing? Oh man, I was, we, we, we were brought up on a lot of hymns, you know, Precious Lord, um, uh, uh, Amazing Grace. So I would sing. And then she said, sometime I would just make up my own songs. <laughs> Hey, oh, that's lovely. So, and my second question is this: mm -hmm. if if your if your mum was doing washing every day, that I'm going to guess that means that it's not just you and your mum in the household. How, how, who is in that household that you're doing washing every day? Oh, yes, I forgot to tell you this: uh, five girls and two boys, and all of us sung. Uh, my brothers played instruments, so uh, one played the lead guitar, the other one played uh, the drums. Uh, then my sisters, two of my sisters, they started playing um, uh, the drums and the uh, keyboards, and so. Uh, we always sung because my mom and dad sung. They used to be in groups before, you know, we were born. And uh, so singing was always a part. I tell it like this. We were my daddy, um, uh, a choir. We were his uh, devotional service. We call it praise and worship now. But uh, we... When he when he pastored, we led the services. He would do tent revivals. I'm going to pause you. So, so for those people who don't know what you mean by a tent revival, maybe, maybe someone's just tuned into the station by mistake. They've got no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. What on earth is a tent revival? Okay, tent revival is when they actually set up a tent and have services in it. And we would sometimes those services will be a week of services. Sometimes my dad did, believe it or not. 40 days and 40 nights. Ooh. So he would have services 12 noon and then come back and do a night service. And uh, uh, people would come from all over the place. So he would set up that tent in different states, in different cities. And we would be there and they would be having music and playing. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Shambach. He was an evangelist. Uh, 
Kenneth Copeland, them, they used to do the tent revivals and stuff too. Set up the tent in a parking lot or set it out up on a field. And people would come and, oh, just be blessed and worshiping and praising God. I saw one on the, I think the Elvis Presley film that was that was out. That's yes, got a tent revival, exactly. hasn't it? That's it. I look like That's fun. Right. I could enjoy that. That's right. And on the, oh, 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 Steve, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, 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 what was the thing when, when, um, when when Abertina walked in them, they had the other film that uh they were in a tent revival. Steve, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh he's a really funny actor. Uh oh my God, I could they, they had all the choirs on there. Ricky Dillon was on there. I can't think of the name of that movie, but I'm gonna think of it before we're over with. But they had the tent revival and on that on that movie, they had a lot of artists on there from uh from all over that was on that movie. Um I can't think, I don't know whether it's, it's Steve, it's not Steve Martin. Martin. Steve Martin. Oh, Steve Martin, okay. Steve, Steve Martin, it was a, a Tim, I can't think of the name of the movie. So, so, the, so the, the third voice that is in the background there, just for the listeners at home, we're thinking, wait a sec, who's that? That's not Gordon. Who Who's that speaking in the background? <laughs> That's my husband, Todd Crawford of 41 years. <laughs> Yay! Todd, congratulations. It seems like you've got a lovely wife. She's a keeper. So, um, <laughs> So, uh, so great. Okay, Steve Martin is the name. I still don't know what the film is, but uh, anyway, yeah, in I'm it, there's a tent revival with lots of faith. I'm going to find out what it was because it was uh, like a, he was an evangelist. Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith. Oh. The movie Leap of Faith. Yeah. That came out, came out years ago. Is it a good film or is it rubbish? Yeah. It was really good. It really was good. really good. Okay. And you can, you can look it up right now. It was really good. I've just, yeah. I'm looking up right now on, on famous Wikipedia. Uh, it came That's out in right. 1992. Steve Martin, That's Deborah right. Winger. It's got numbers of people in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it had the number of people. Everybody was on there. It was incredible. But it gave you the feel of the tent revivals. If you never knew about tent revivals, it gave you that feel of what there was. And that's how my dad uh, was doing tent revivals. Then he had his church. So um, he pastored for about 50 years. So we always were uh, helping him sing, leading the praise and worship uh, over the choir, uh, if the choir sung 12 songs, I basically led all 12 songs, you know? <laughs> so what, what age did you start doing that then? Uh, at the age, like I told you, I, I was singing uh, at the age of three. I remember doing my first solo at church at five years old. Wow. And I did a song about uh, uh, by a um, choir out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, they were on Nashville Records at the time. Um, it was the M. NBC um, Mass Choir. Uh, they sung a song, but I made a vow to the Lord. And I sung that song at the age of five. That was my first solo. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. So, And so I've been singing ever since. Five is, I'm wondering if that might be the youngest age that anyone said they did a solo um, in, <laughs> in church from on the show. I don't know, but that, I think that might be an accolade that you've just won there. <laughs> so we, hit history for you. Now, I've, I've got to ask a rude question. I'm sorry, but I know our listeners okay. will be thinking, well, she's been married this long. How, how old is Beverly Crawford? I'm very sorry to ask, but how old are you, Beverly? No, I'm not ashamed. Matter of fact, I'm so happy. 
I um I just turned sixty August thirty first. Uh, celebrated and had a happy birthday. Just gone. Thank you. And I did a big concert at my church. I just wanted to have fun. It was like at first I thought I said maybe I go get a ballroom, you know, and do big old party. And I said, you know what? I want to have some singing. I want some singing. And I was in, it was in my mind. And then all of a sudden, um. Friends start calling Ty. Said, "What is Beverly doing for her birthday? Is she gonna have another concert? Because usually I do a concert." And uh, I said, "I don't want to do the concert this time. I want to uh, be able to just sit back and enjoy everybody." So my friends came. One of my friends bought his big choir. Uh, some other groups came. They came from all over the place, Georgia and uh, areas in Florida, and it was incredible. And then that Sunday, we close it out with another big uh, singing and, and ministering. It was uh, truly a blessing. And I'm telling you, I had the best 60th birthday ever. And I feel good. <laughs> well, if you don't want to say, you're looking good too. So I mean, this is a, a great thing to celebrate. And I love your attitude Thank to it. You. So, uh, and, uh, and it sounds like what a wonderful way to celebrate that. Yes, wonderful time. It was incredible. So good. Exactly. So good, and and obviously music so central to your life. So yes, to, to I love be there music. and do it in church. Yeah. Perfect. So so rewinding then, you've you've been doing tent revivals. You're you're singing in church. Mm -hmm. You're thinking that's fun. Are you thinking that this is going to become a career at that point, or well, what's what's in your mind? And you're only a small girl, <laughs> and and you know, uh, from a little girl, believe it or not, singing outside with my mom. Um, as she was hanging up clothes and I would help her, I would imagine the grass was my audience. And I would pick up a stick and imagine the stick was my microphone. Not knowing that one day that I would be singing in front of millions of people and uh, traveling the world. Not knowing that then, but it was implanted as a little girl that something was about an audience. Something was about that microphone not knowing that that plan was happening right then as that little girl. And um, my my family had, you know, we had the singing group called the Camp Sisters and the Camps family. So we would travel, you know, doing um, concerts around the little local areas and, and uh, traveling with my father. But uh, it was always there. And I, I it was always, and I always loved singing. And just always humming. They, they, I, they said they didn't care what it was. I was humming something, and to this day, I'm still humming and singing. <laughs> That's so good. So, 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 having just in my head calculated from from your age, that means that you were born in the in the early sixties. Is that right? Sixty three. Sixty three. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now. In America, in the sixties, I've I've had a look on a map to make sure I yeah. know where you are. Flo Florida, it's down, it's down quite way south. Not That's not you can get over to Cuba, can't you? If, if yeah, you're yeah, so, you're closer. Mm -hmm. So um, so down down south in America in the sixties, I imagine is quite a hard time to be mm -hmm. black growing up and all of it. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience of what it was like growing up? in the South America in the 60s? You, you know, um, I just knew things were a little different. Um, uh, our schools had started, uh, uh, what you call it, immigrating, um, integrating, yeah. And so um, 
I, I noticed something different. I know the color start changing, you know, it was whites and, and Hispanics and um, that we were going to school together with. Some people felt comfortable. Some people didn't, you know, um, but I had a good mixture of friends that, that were white and um, uh, uh, Hispanic and uh, other. Uh, we had some uh, other uh people too that that came to the, the schools, but it was mostly at that time, mostly uh, blacks, whites, and Hispanics that were uh, coming together. Uh, but uh, most of the part, I got along really well at school with them. It was mainly sometime when we would be away. If we see each other in the store, uh, a lot of times they wouldn't speak or they would hold their head down because their families uh, didn't want them to uh, communicate with us. And then some of them, they would, the, the parents was really uh, okay with us, you know, them having a relationship with black people. So they would, they would, you know, some of them wouldn't even invite us to the parties at their homes. And, uh, but uh, it, we went through some things. Um, and I think my older siblings, they paved the way for us. So by the time I came, it wasn't as bad. But uh, they experienced more hard time with with racial and people not liking blacks and then not one. One of my sisters, she when they first started uh, uh, putting the schools together, she was one of the first ones uh, as she was getting ready to go to high school. My oldest sister, Belinda, and uh, she experienced them breaking her glasses. And uh, so she went through some hard hard times in school and them calling her uh, the N word. Uh, and messing with her lunch, throwing a lunch, you know, uh, over and and so she is, she she one was one of the main ones that experienced the hardship. Um, but we basically kind of got through it. We had some of them; they would just say little words, or they would treat us funny, or they said they didn't want to sit by us. But other than that, I think um, my parents and our uh, 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 older siblings, they paid the way for us and prepared us to how to handle it. And then the school started, you know, uh, trying to handle it too, where we wouldn't be bullied so much or or kids bothering you. And it was like, no, we're not going to have that in school. We're going to work together. We're going to we're going to share love, and uh, it worked out. Uh, there was many times, uh, sometime when you would be out jogging. I remember one time my husband was jogging. We at that time we lived in um, Nashville. And uh, he was jogging and he was called the N-word while he was jogging. And uh, and so you experience little things like that or people just treating you funny. Um, so um, we some things have gotten uh, better, but then now we we're experiencing it again because of, of what we went through uh, with with the presidential uh, president stuff. It uh it brought a whole nother beast out again. And uh, so okay. we've been experiencing some things, but other than that, it's been pretty good. Uh, but you, you know, you have some people just have that hatred on the inside of them and they just uh, don't want to be happy. That's what I said. I said, they just don't want to have peace, but <laughs> mm. we try to show love regardless of what they do, regardless of what yeah. they say. We, we still, we say, God bless you, you know, or oh, I love you. You know, and uh, so it's yeah. So we try to just 
override it. Some things are really hard for, for some people because they have their experience on their job. Uh, I know one of my sisters, she experienced her job treating the funny. I don't work with black people, you know, but you you work on this job. you got to work with me regardless of what. And so I think that's what she told me when she came in. She told the lady, you got to work with me anyway. So whether you want to work with me or not, I still love you. Whether you <laughs> but those little things like that being treated or people trying to get hired and they'll say, no, we, we don't hire blacks at our job. Uh, and so little things like that, that you experience, uh, but it has uh, kind of uh, rose up again because of what we're going through in the government. Uh, it's, it's been some challenging times. So we just, it makes us pray hard. <laughs> that's, that's probably a good response. So um, you, you can never pray too much about anything. Yeah. But definitely, yeah, that's a, that's a key thing, praying for our nations, praying for our yeah. leaders. Uh, and praying for protection for our friends and family yeah. as well. So yeah. I've got no idea what's going to happen in America, but it, looking on, it just looks like it's it's almost like a powder cake. I'm really yeah. hoping that I'm really hoping everything settles down rather I'm than sets you, off. Yes, yes. It's like every day, like you said, we pray when our when everybody's leaving out from work or before they leave out from work. I we I we've started a prayer chain every. We're up every morning. Um, I'm always up three and four o'clock in the morning and I'm praying for protection, you know, before they're going to work, going to school and just covering even our church, you know, uh, praying for people uh, that God would just cover them, you know, and send his protection and, and praying, like you said, praying for our world, praying for our uh, America, um, that uh, that that we get some some ch some change you know he said if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then we'll, we'll hear from heaven and then i'll heal the land so that's one of my prayers and one of my hopes that uh we realize that and then the i think a lot of times um when we start uh hating on one another I think that that just makes it so, so bad. And I, I was like, I was telling somebody just on yesterday at my church, I said, you know, the thing we don't need to do is fight one another. But when we come as a team, you make it more better when you work together and not be jealous or envy of each other, but love on each other. And then things will work out, you know, and, uh, but a good absolutely it's a good it's a good thing to say for yeah. sure and even yeah. and, it, and if we can live these things won't the world be a better place oh my 100%. goodness absolutely <laughs> so okay so so you're you're singing you're singing at church you've got a beautiful voice other people are recognizing it and going oh wow it's amazing yes when would you say when did your first sort of big break come in a way well, um, my sisters, the camp sisters, we were at, we were doing a concert in a little small town uh, about 50 miles from Gainesville and um, somebody recorded it. So my husband, Todd, took the, the, it was a VHS tape at the time. He took that VHS tape and, you know, you used to could go to the store and buy, I think it was like 30 VHS tapes in there. And he had somebody, my sister to, uh, or have somebody to record it. And, and, and what he did was he sent it out to different record companies and then he sent it out to Bobby Jones gospel. And um, we were like, boy, you sending that stuff out. Ain't nobody going to want to hear us. And, and, but he sent it out anyway. He did not listen to us. And uh, when he, um, 
sent that out, the only person respond was Bobby Jones Gospel off of BET. And um, so, what was BET for those? It was BET, Bobby Jones Gospel, Black Entertainment, Black Black Entertainment Entertainment Television. so how, how how many people would watch Black Entertainment Television in those days? I think millions of people. Uh, yeah. It was a big it, it, it deal, It was all around it? the world. Yes, all around the world, everywhere from, from Africa to England to just it's BT was the beast, the place. And uh, Bobby Jones' uh, gospel, his gospel show was one of the number one gospel shows on there. Uh, that that it was one of the popular shows. It was the number one. Did you just get to go sort of once on the show? No. What happened was when he when he sent the tape in and, and Dr. Jones sent a letter to us and said he wanted us to come to sing. At that time, he was doing the studio. The tapings were in the studio. So he did the tapings in the studio. We went and we sung. Well, a year later, he asked us would we come back because he was getting ready to do uh, gospel explosions on BET. That means artists would come from all over the world to sing on that show. And he asked us would we come back. So we went back. A year later, he called and said, listen, it was so good. He said, but I am looking for a lead singer for my new life singers. Um, you think your family will be okay or your husband and your father, would they be okay if you come be a part of my group? And everybody said, yes, wherever you go, we know we go. And it's going, it just opens the doors uh, for all of us. And I went to Nashville and sung with Dr. Jones for about uh, six years on that show. And went all around the world. We came to England. We went to, uh, uh, oh my God, all over the place. Jamaica, the Bahamas. I traveled all over the world with Dr. Jones and the New Life Singers. And it opened the door for me to be seen all over the world. And from there, uh, I was able to sign with Warner Brothers. And uh, wow. yeah, and that opened the door for Warner Brothers. That's amazing. And uh, I did a couple of albums with them, and I was nominated for one of my albums was nominated for a Grammy. And so it opened that door for me to uh, that started my career. That is so exciting. What a journey to be on from being the little girl just singing while putting out the clothes in the garden with, That's with, right. with your mom and then getting a, a contract right. with Warner Bros. and Grammy nominated as well. Congratulations. Very well deserved uh, nomination as well. Because I tell you what, I've been, listen- you. I've been listening back to quite a lot of your music and it is yes. really amazing. People, if you haven't listened to Beverly Crawford before, folks at home just want to say, Pop onto your favorite streaming platform and check her out because she's got a back catalogue with some lovely tracks in Thank there. Or pop you. onto YouTube because there's plenty of things to see on YouTube as well. And some some of the things on YouTube, but they've got like five million views and stuff, isn't it? So it has been incredible. I tell people all the time, I say, you get on YouTube, you might be on there all night. Uh, one lady, I told her to go to YouTube. She said she stayed on there for so many hours. She said she didn't even realize that when she got off, it was like three o'clock in the morning. She had to look at so many videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much fun. Really, really good to see the history, the progression and all yes. the rest of it. Absolutely. Yes. So we've got another track to play from you. Uh, it's called Lord, You Are Good. It's your brand Magic. new single. Yes. All about Lord, you are good. Yeah, this was written by a young man uh, by the name of Todd Galbraith. He's a a incredible uh, 
uh, uh, artist that uh, does a lot of contemporary worship uh, uh, with the CCM. Uh, he's just, uh, oh my God, he's sung with everybody. And this song, I heard him when he first put it out, Lord, you're good. I said, oh my God, it just hit me right where it was. I was going through something and I kept repeating it over and over again, playing it over and over again. And I said, you know, one day I'm going to sing that song. And I was at a conference and Todd said, my track wasn't, something was wrong with my track. He said, you need to sing a song while we get the track right. And that song came in my mind and I sung it. I said, oh, this is a perfect time to see how the people will respond to me singing it. And I started singing, Lord, you're good. And it took about 20 minutes before they can get uh, the place back together again. People just went into worship and was crying and praising God. And I said, I'm going to record that one day. And I called, we called him up and I said, Todd, I said, uh, I love this song. I said, I want to record it. What you think about it? He said, listen, I would be honored for you to record this. And so we have recorded it. Lord, you're good. A young man by the name of David Outing uh, produced it and he put his little touch to it. And man, it is truly a blessing. Lord, you're good. And it's going to bless your heart. Lord, You Are Good by Beverly Crawford. What a beautiful track. Thank you so much, Beverly, for sharing that with us and sharing your story so far as well. I tell you what, I really enjoyed it. I'm so privileged to get to air this to our listeners. If you are happy right now, they'd be wonderful. And there's gonna be so many different people listening from all sorts of different backgrounds and in all sorts of different phases of their walk with Jesus as well. Yeah. Even people who go, I don't even know him yet. If you would be happy just to pray for us right now, to pray a blessing, it would be really appreciated. Okay. All right. Father, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for this hour, God, with 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 my brother uh, and this wonderful uh, broadcast. God, that it is touching people all over the world, God, that their lives will be changed, whatever they're facing, whatever they're going through, understanding that you're only going through to come out. Know that God has everything in control. There's nothing too hard for him. There's not a problem he can't solve. There's not a habit he can't break. There's not a situation that he can't bring you out of. There is nothing too hard for God. And I want you to understand he has you and he has it all in control. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. I don't know what morning, but it's on the way. Hold your head up. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He loves you. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Beverly. You are. Uh, you know, I'd love to know a bit. You talk, in that prayer, you talked about God. God, there's joy coming in the morning, whatever situation, mm -hmm. God's, God's in control. Mm -hmm. Would there be a, maybe a story you could tell from your own life where things have been hard 
but you've, mm -hmm. you've prayed or other people have prayed and you've seen God break in. Yes, uh, many times. I went through a battle of depression. You know, even being a um, pastor's kid, um, many times, you know, you find your parents just, you know, they're, they're loving on the people of the church and helping people. And being. And a lot of times kids are put to the back burner. And um, even though my parents told me they loved me, I didn't have that part in me that learned how I had to learn how to love myself. I uh, went through trying to take my life uh, the first time. Uh, it didn't work. I tried to slit my wrist and it, it didn't. My mom hollered out and I said she was my lifesaver. <laughs> God sent her in at the time to, to save me. Um, then I went through again, just went through that depression, just feeling even though I was active in church and always a happy kid. I just went through that battle just many times feeling like I was by myself. And even though seven of us kids, you know, six more kids. Um, still felt like I was al alone because a lot of people, kids will pick at you um, saying that we were holy rollers. Uh, we were we were uh, too saved, you know, because we were into the church. And um, so I felt out of place. And I remember that second time trying to take my life. There were two sets of pills there. Uh, one would have took me out. The other one was some water pills. So I tell it like this. I said, God gave um, me amnesia and I grabbed the, the water pills. So the only suicidal thing I did was go to the bathroom a whole lot. And after he got through washing me out, I'm still here to tell the story that God gave me another chance. And if he did it for me, and one day he told me, he said, look in the mirror. He said, Beverly, if nobody else love you, learn how to love yourself. And I looked in that mirror and from that day, I learned how to love me. If nobody else loves you, you tell yourself, I love you. Even though my husband tells me all the time, girl, you look good. I tell myself when I look in that mirror, girl, you look good. And I, and I tell this story all over the country to encourage other people that, man, God will give you another chance. I'm going to pause you one second. So just, just to say thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's clearly something that I'm, I'm going to imagine numbers of listeners can go, well, that that's me right now so the first yes. thing i want to say to listeners is you know you're not alone there's mm -hmm. there is a god that loves you there are yes. people around who would like to help in this scenario no matter how desperate you might be right now mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine who's been through this situation themselves they said that suicide is a is a permanent solution to a temporary yes. problem and you mm -hmm. never need to go there mm -hmm. so i just want to say if you're if you're listening you're in the uk do reach out um, we'd recommend straight away to contact the samaritans they're easy to access um i'm going to find you the phone number just in one moment yes uh, because there are people there who want to help as well as of course considering going along to your local church as well mm -hmm. who would i'm sure want to help provide some support and some advice do you know yeah. what? I've got to be honest, not every church is going to be as good at coping with this as others. So if That's you've been right. to a church for and it's been unhelpful, find a different church. That would yes. be my advice. Find the church that will give you the support that mm -hmm. you need right now. So if you're yes. in the UK, the number for the Samaritans is 116-123. That's 116-123. Beverly, also I need to ask at this point, what advice would you give to someone who is in that sort of situation? You know, exactly just what you said. Don't be afraid to talk. Find somebody you can trust that you can talk to. 
don't be afraid to get some help. There's so much help out there. Uh, like you just gave a number, there are organizations that help you. I know a lot of times if you were like me, because everybody knew me, uh, knew that I was a pastor's kid, knew what I did, uh, you know, that I, I, I didn't feel comfortable going to them. Um, but you need to find somebody. It, like you said, if it's not at your church, find somewhere that you can go. Maybe someone who don't even another church who don't even know who you are that can go. There's help out there and get help and uh, fight with all your might. It, that suicidal is not the answer. It's not the answer. So fight for your life. So I encourage you. Um, it is a lonely place and I fight every day not to go back there. I fight every day. That's why I keep a prayer life. That's why I keep my music, keep me motivated <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stay in my word, you know, um, so that I won't let the enemy get me ever, put me back ever in that place again. Yeah, well, it's wise, wise words. In fact, the things that we listen to uh, can make such a difference. And the yes. enemy wants to speak. I'll pack of lies to us all the time about who mm. we are and all the rest of it. And mm. God speaks some amazing truths about how loved we are by him. But certainly music is a great way. Uh, yes. And we see this in the Bible, that music can change how you feel, can lift yes. your spirits, can set you free from things. So mm -hmm. um, I'm just a suggestion for people, uh, definitely try out Beverly's music. It's beautiful. <laughs> if you're wanting something that, that maybe as well is, is lots of different artists, I'd recommend uh, Peace Volume 1 and Peace Volume 2 as being great, great albums to listen to if you are struggling, particularly with just needing some help with your mental health. Yeah. So Beverly, so that's that sounds like you're walking in the victory, but you have to consciously make sure you keep choosing to walk in the victory there. That's right. It's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. And that's why every day, uh, Paul says, I die daily. You got you to gotta kill that thing daily because it's the enemy's job to come in and make you depressed, make you uh, want to give up. Situations come in your life unexpectedly um, that'll make you really say, I can't handle this. This is too much for me, uh, man. That's why I tell people, you got to stay in the word and stay around positive people. That's the other thing. I, I try to stay away from negative people. When people come around me and they talk negative, I say, uh-uh, we're not doing any negative stuff today. We're going to be happy. We're gonna, regardless of what our situations look like, we're going to be happy because we're still here. We still have the blood running warm in our veins. We still have the activity, the use of our limbs. No, we're going to make good of this day because this is the day that the Lord is made and I will rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, wow. Okay. Now you said there was another story as well of, of where God yes. helped you. Yes, uh, that built our faith. My daughter, Trina, which um, at the time, um, she uh, needed a kidney. And uh, we prayed and just believing God for her to get a kidney. Uh, and um, I'm going to ask, sorry, what, why did she need a kidney? Uh, because she was a diabetic and um, her, her had kidney failure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. kidneys failed her. Yeah. Uh, diabetes um uh, uh, took total control over it. So she ended up having, uh, going into kidney failure. So she so ended up on, yeah. So she ended up on dialysis for eight years and, uh, doing that, they put her on the kidney list 
And um, when she got on the kidney list, she developed a rare condition in her stomach called sickling vomiting syndrome. It was it's where you couldn't control just always uh, vomiting and couldn't control it. Stomach always upset. And we had a hard time finding a doctor who could give her the right medicines. And so they took her off the kidney list. And uh, we finally found a doctor, kept praying and believing, finally found a doctor that knew about the disease and knew what kind of medicines that was controlled it. So she got on that and started controlling that and she started doing good. And then they put her back on the kidney list. Well, while she was waiting on the kid for a kidney, um, the, uh, the pandemic happened. So when that pandemic happened, they stopped having, uh, they said, we're not doing any transplant. We're not doing no surgeries. We're like, Oh my God, here we go. Yeah, but we're everything gonna, stopped. Everything stopped. Our world stopped, right? <laughs> and so we kept praying. We kept believing God um, that he was going to work a miracle through it all. Well, believe it or not, during the pandemic, she gets three calls for a kidney. She went the first time. Do you hear what I say? Three calls. You're talking about miracle. Three calls. But the first one, uh, the doctor said, let me check it before we, we say it's a good one. Uh, they uh, said it was no good. She went the third time. They said, let's check it. Let's go ahead and get her ready for prep for sur surgery. And now this during the pandemic. They said they're not doing it. But God opened that door where the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville said, we got three kidneys. Trina, come in. The second one, they, the doctor said, wait a minute. Let me check it one more time. He says, it's no good. Well, came back home. She was a little discouraged. And I remember a lady on Facebook and she said, Trina, she said, the third time is a charm. She said, because my husband, he he went three times. She said, the third one was good. She said, I'm believing that this third one's going to be good. So what I did, I called them the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I said, the Holy Ghost going to do his job this time. <laughs> and she went, They we got a call. And she, cause she leads praise and worship at the church and um, she was getting ready for church. And she called me, she said, mom, mom, they just called me to come, come to the um, mail clinic. They said, he got another kidney. And she went, I said, we're not going to tell anybody, but the prayer warriors that we know, we're not going to put it on Facebook. We're just going to pray and we're going to believe God. When she got there, that they hooked her up to the IV. Then the the uh, the she said the uh, anesthesias came in and said, Trina, this is it. This is it. We know this is it. And say then um the uh the doctor came in and said, wait a minute, let me check it one more time. And I told my son in love, I said, don't you call me until they rolling her in the operation. And he called me. He said, Mama, they're rolling her in the operation. This kidney is good. She's doing good. She's back. She's doing praise and worship, sharing her story. She also writes, too. She sung a couple of times on my a uh, couple of my CDs. Uh, she's on there. She did a song. Uh, entitled uh, You Are My Hero. It was a song she wrote for my father when he passed. And then uh, she wrote another song on one of my CDs called I Need a Word. And um, just incredible young woman. She's she's turning 40 this weekend and, and with a healthy body, we're just so grateful that miracle came. And it was just believing God when they said there was no hope. 
when they said that we're not doing any surgeries, God opened that door in the midst of the pandemic and gave her a kidney. And we're so wow. grateful. Yes. That is beautiful. Fantastic. Yes. I love it when you hear about <laughs> something that seems like there's no hope. And then there is the hope. It's so good. Yes. I'd like to ask about the Bible. What's your favorite Bible story and why? Psalms 27. Um, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foe, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host shall encamp around me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me then he'll set me up upon a rock now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies round about me then i'm gonna offer up sacrifices of praise i'm gonna say yay unto the lord psalms 27 is my favorite i've got to say wow the whole of that psalm word perfect you've got that scripture just living inside you and that is superb i love it so um so i'm not sure that anyone's off the top of the head, read up, uh, uh, well, memorize the whole psalm. And I've asked them, "What's your favorite? What was your favorite Bible story or scripture?" <laughs> so, um, so it's lovely to know that you've got that right there in your heart. And oh, it's in my heart. It's like a poet uh, to me. Mm. Uh, I didn't share this earlier, but uh, you know, I used to have trouble reading, and um, I never forget. Uh, when I got ready to marry my husband, I told him, I said, you probably don't want to marry me because I have trouble reading. He said, girl, I can teach you how to read. Don't worry about it. And uh, uh, we started, you know, he helping me. And I never forget Psalms 27 was one that I, I read every day till it got in my spirit. Oh. And I memorized it because that's what helped me read. And um uh, uh, was truly a blessing to me. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I tell you what, I'm, you. I think I'm going to go and read Psalm 27 to myself before I go to bed yes. tonight. I'm sure it'll do me yes. a world of good. So let's find out, though, what, what God has for you over this next season. You just turned 60. Yes. Your, your single, Lord, you are good, is brilliant. And that's, that's out and that's available everywhere, I guess. So what are your plans then? Man, I am so excited. Uh, this is putting putting us uh, in a place to get ready for um, a full CD. And so we want to do it live uh, uh, in Orlando, Florida. So we're working on uh, that. But right now we're going to let the single ride for a minute and, and still prepare uh, getting other songs together and writing songs uh, and uh, men, uh, Pastor Todd just finished a book entitled Marriage, Music, and Ministry. And uh, so oh. we're getting ready to put that out. And so we're so excited about that. And so those are the things that we're working on and, and building our church and, and just growing um, and just going to high heights and deeper depths uh, where God wants us to be. Um, I, I'm so excited. I'm uh, glad to be able to still pour into people. Uh, so I still travel all over um, 
the country uh, spreading the good news and spreading my music and ministry. And so I, I'm so excited that I'll continue doing that. That sounds great. Really, honestly, I can see you smiling and I'm thinking, that is so cool. That is just just following what God's got for you and doing doing the thing. Yes. Let, let me ask yeah. about this this book, Marriage, Ministry and Music. Yeah, marriage, music, and ministry. And we, we, we've just finished it, so we're getting ready to put it in publishing and stuff. So we'll be advertising when it gets ready to come out. And we'll definitely let you know we have to come back and put Todd on on uh, live so he can be able to talk then about it. <laughs> Absolutely, that's important. So, yeah. so people need to look out for that. And I've got to say, you've got a lovely voice to listen to. Thank you. Are you going to do an audio book? Because I like audio books. Yes, yes, that's, that's in the plans too. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, I will, I will try and get the audiobook version right. of it then. So, um, right. so I'll enjoy it. that's great. Okay. And if people want to find out more about you, have you got a website somewhere or something? Yes. It's Beverly Crawford ministries.com. Uh, you can give them my dates that I'm traveling different places where I'll be. Um, they can uh, order product on that, that uh, site too. And then also they can follow us on Facebook, uh, Beverly Crawford, the singer, uh, Todd Crawford, uh, on Facebook, Beverly Crawford Ministries. That's a like page. Um, and then they can do uh, Beverly Crawford, uh, the singer, on Instagram too. So they can follow us on those platforms and uh, okay. and our church to Landmark Holy Temple of God on Facebook. So we have got one more track to play from you. Uh, He's Done Enough, a beautiful track. Tell us about it. Oh, he's done enough. Uh, was written by a young man out of California, um, Tim Bishop Brown, and um, I sung that song, and it has been incredible. Um, uh, it has blessed so many people. It's one of those uh, traditional songs. Uh, it has that little feel of the of, of the rock and roll, a little bit of good old church in there. So when you hear it, it's it's really going for it, and. Um, uh, it, it's it's got a little feel of uh, 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 you can say of uh, uh, Tina Turner in there. That's what somebody said when they described it. Because <laughs> we are going hard, but it is an awesome song, and it will bless you. He has done enough. Because when you think about where he's brought you from, and what he's done in your life, and what he's doing right now, you're like, oh, I thank you so much, and I appreciate you. Uh, it's gonna bless your heart. that was he's done enough by beverly crawford and thank you so very much for beverly for joining us for the artist interview it what a joy chatting to her. what beautiful tracks i hope you really enjoy hearing her story 
and her music as well. Why don't you go right now, maybe, and subscribe online to, to listen to more of her music because I tell you what, it has blessed me immensely. Talking of things that's blessed me immensely, it would bless me as well if you were to pop online to your favourite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. Uh, you know, you can subscribe to it, you can like it, you can review it, you can share it with some friends. There are so many great artists on there with amazing stories of God's work in their lives. And they love sharing it, they love sharing their music. So why don't you share it with your friends? And I look forward to joining you on the next episode of The Artist Interview. God bless you. You've been listening to The Artist Interview, a Hope FM podcast. Find us at hopefm.com forward slash The Artist Interview.